Welcome back to Jeopardy. I'm your host, Alex Trebek, defying the laws of God and science by hosting this same game show for 35 years. Zachary Allard, you are our contestant today. You have somehow managed to rack up a whopping $0 through this entire game. Frankly, I don't know how you managed to scam your way onto the program, but you can turn it all around with this question. Zachary Allard, for $200, the Church of the Nativity, the site in Bethlehem, believed by Christians to be the birthplace of Jesus. What is Palestine? You get the hell out of here. The correct answer is Israel, you son of a bitch. How dare you? Security, escort this man from the premises. Tasing sounds. Yeah. The sounds of tasing. <laughs> I am being tased. little act out Zachary well recently on Jeopardy America's favorite game show and an incredible program Wait, no there's okay, no way so Price is Right exists there's no way it's America's favorite I'm, game show so Jeopardy recently had a tournament of champions sure okay, where they yes. brought all the people back and it was just like robots 15, yeah and like 15 million people watched it they were some of the most watched shows outside of sports oh my goodness you are people correct fucking love Jeopardy man you know why a damn good show no it's, it's not fun to play with your family and your loved ones okay it's a no. good time to learn it's educational this, Frankly, this is it should maybe be in classrooms around the country the hottest take that i've ever had on this program is that jeopardy is the scrabble of tv shows which is to say an insufferable game that people really like to think makes them smart i have been in friends houses growing up where they all like <laughs> sat around the table playing jeopardy together and it was the most insufferable like okay. 30 minutes of my entire life no jeopardy's a good show we're just deciding that it's like your argument is over michael's canceled okay that's fine i'm canceled so it's fine recently jeopardy ran into a bit of a problem when huh. they asked the question where is bethlehem where is Bethlehem, Zachary? Uh, it's in Palestine. Yeah, so it was internationally recognized as being in Palestine. However, it is in the occupied West Bank that Israel uh, currently holds, which right. is why it's such a like kerfuffle that they got this <laughs> wrong, because literally no one except Israel thinks that this is Israel, but Israel's like, no, motherfucker, we occupy this. It's ours. Yeah. And everywhere else is like, nah, dog, that's not how it works. It's in Palestine. But the men with the guns tend to... Yeah. You know, get what they want. I tell you, all of human history. <laughs> Very important to me that we all understand that, like, complaining about the way that a mm -hmm. nation state is run and specifically the war crimes that yes, they do that against is, their neighbors. The children they are capping. Is not the same thing as being like, I hate Jews and have a yes. problem with them existing. Christians pretend that yeah. this is the fulfillment of all prophecy and the reason that the end times are happening imminently. Well, is, that's the thing, too. The worst Zionists are actually also not even Jewish. They're like a they're bunch evangelical of evangelical Christians. Christians. They're Trump supporters that somehow hate <laughs> Jews but love Israel. We're the opposite of that. Hey, welcome to Shitty Christians. I'm your host, Zachary Allard. And I am Michael Tabor. Michael, what are we talking about for reals for reals this week? <laughs> okay. Uh, so we have a lot of fun topics today. Uh, okay. We're going to be talking about the Democratic debates. Okay. We're going to be talking about the evangelical showdown of the century between Beth Moore and John MacArthur. And if you don't know who those people are, I promise that's fine. By the end of this <laughs> recording, you're going to know way too much about both of them. But first, Zachary, I have a question for you. Are you ready to be a goddess? 
Oh. Oh. I yeah. can't answer this question for you. You need to answer it for yourself. Yeah. I think it's time. Are you ready to be a Republican goddess? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The way a caterpillar emerges from its cocoon of butterfly. You're damn right. I, I Before we get into this, I'm just gonna, this is exactly what our parents hope will happen. <laughs> they hope that we enter our chrysalis <laughs> and come out beautiful Republican goddesses. So this comes courtesy yes. of the whole ass internet. Like every corner <laughs> of my life was freaking out about this. This is a website called FindingMyRepublicanGoddess.com. I went to for the first time today. Yeah. Uh, and you open up on an incredible picture of a handsome, handsome devil. Oh, yeah. Roguish sort. Uh, take me through this picture. A 68-year-old man in a suit. Of course. Uh, wearing a hat and a very long red tie. Okay, let's take a quick pause to describe the chair that he's in. Because it's a wicker back chair that somehow extends... <laughs> No, it's it's a at least solid six feet foot tall. above him. The, the chair by itself is at least six feet tall. Yeah, so he's sitting in the chair, and then the chair just keeps going out of the frame. It's more of a throne than a chair. It's almost like someone took a screen and then made it a chair. It's like the throne you get at a Cracker Barrel. Mm. It's got a little rustic charm to it. So this oh. is FindingMyRepublicanGoddess.com. <laughs> uh, this gentleman's name is Reverend William, and he would like to say hello. This is him speaking now. I am looking for a Republican goddess, bolded. For marriage. This is my personal website that I have created to help me find her. No other men are here. Just me. Uh, VIP Tinder. It's just you. <laughs> if you are a single woman who might potentially be interested, then I invite you to take my virtual hand and let me guide you through this website. He's so like he's a healthy 68. He's looking for a woman born in any year between 1950 and 1995. That is... Big of him. Wow. Yeah. All those 24-year-olds are just clamoring. For, this for that 68-year-old Republican uh, God. I, yeah, I, I guess he would have to be a God, He's right? the Republican God. Yeah. If Republicans had a God, it's white Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. You got there. Okay, so, like, obviously, yes. Zachary, not to out you, you are, in fact, a cishet man. Love finds a way. Love so let's go through way. these questions. I want to do it. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, you can weave your way through this tapestry. I'm excited. He's a healthy 68. I'm yeah. not a healthy 30-something. And you were born before 1995, so you're in the mix, man. Uh, this is this is his first question for how to find love. This is the, his soulmate, <laughs> his goddess. Briefly, every time you click a question, yeah. there's a, there are new pictures of him that pop up. And this one is him being fun, taking the hat off, wearing a purple shirt. Sort of making silly faces. No, this is your classic like four frame headshot. Like this is yeah. he literally went to a Kmart to get this done in 1987. But I yeah, he's having a grand old time. He's smiling at the camera. These are a little fun like pictures. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> his first question for understanding what his true love is about. Okay. How do you feel about the U.S. president Donald Trump? Mm, I think about this a lot. <laughs> we actually do think about <laughs> like, it. No, it's, okay. He said there weren't going to be other men here. But there is. Yeah, there's one there's more one. man. <laughs> you know what? He says he's a complex individual. I think I think he's ready. Well, there are four options. Oh, yeah. I you... think Trump is a great president. I fully support him. Mm -hmm. I am open-minded about Trump and would like to learn why he's a great president. <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> I dislike or I'm disgusted by President Trump and would never vote for him. Something else. Or something else. I mean, the truth is I think Donald Trump is our greatest president. So I think I have to go. He's a great president and I fully support him. Okay, this is... That's not what I expected, oh, but right. here we go. On to question two. Oh, we have another picture of him. By a lake. There's a body of water and what appears to be a rec center 
on the other shore. So that's exciting. Uh, he also does specify, <laughs> in defiance of my previous statement that these were old pictures, he was like, photo taken in September of 2019. Now, I, you know what? I appreciate that. I got to say, his forearms... There's some definition. Okay, we're not going to read all of these because it's ridiculous. This is question two of 11. (laughs) And this is not the longest podcast in the world. What is your marital status, Zachary? So it has the obvious ones. But the best one that I like love so, so much is when he says, I escaped from my husband's harem and my marital status is uncertain. Hmm. I think he intends that to be negative. Yes. Thing is, if you escape from a harem, I accept you. Good on you. Yeah. I am that, no, is, that is a sign of strength. But I've never been married. So. Okay, so you're uh, on to question three. And there's a picture of him looking surprised. Uh, not just looking surprised, both hands clapped to his face <laughs> in surprise, demonstrating his surprise through a physical act out. What is your gender history, Zachary? Wait for it. Are you female? Is your physical body female? Has it been female for your entire life, ever since birth, into this lifetime, from your mother's room? And are you happy that you are female or be something else man i was worried this would trip us up yeah i'm something else damn it oh you were not a match match. thank you for your time good luck to you goodbye in parentheses no kiss you know i gotta say saying goodbye without a kiss it's a little bit rude yeah i'm a little bit let down donald trump donald trump would not say goodbye without a kiss whether you wanted to or not Here's the thing, though. (laughs) Shitty Christians, we are not just here to report the news. We are here to investigate the news. And you know what that means? That means we're not done until the story is done. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to keep on clicking until we find our way through this labyrinth. Uh, So he has a question about religion. Uh, Hilariously, if you choose Jesus Christ was the only son of God, you fail. You fail. It turns out this reverend, a little bit on some weirder stuff. He's he's into a little bit of pantheism. We are all sons and daughters of God. Good on him. Question, how good is your English? Seems a little on the nose, but you know what? I consider myself fluent, so we're going to keep clicking. Citizenship and potential U.S. immigration status. Okay. What is your hairstyle? My hair is naturally stater wavy, but not curly. My hair falls at least halfway down my neck or longer. I have no intention of having my hair cut short, and I rarely use or never use hairspray. The Reverend William coming in on a strong anti-hairspray ticket. The only other he option cares about is the environment. The only That's other the option thing. is what I do with my hair is my business, and no man has any right to demand that my hair look, feel, or smell a certain way. Guess where that qu- that option <laughs> gets you? No kiss. <laughs> Man. I mean, to be fair, no kiss is winning this. If you get out without a kiss, you won. Do you have a trim waistline? Of course I do. We're not going to investigate that at all. (laughs) How do you feel about feminism? Whoa. Uh, I'm not going to read these. Just know in your head, dear listener, they're worse than you think. Okay, so we made it through. Okay. We have the potential now. We've made it through the gauntlet. We have emerged from the labyrinth. There's a picture of this man smiling with some pretty obvious Photoshop on his face. Okay. Like, there's some face tuning here, and he is just gazing uh, deeply like, into like us Like Bernie now. before this election. You know, he got a little work done. I respect it. Oh, yeah. Everyone's e- everybody needs fillers. Everybody yeah. needs fillers. I'm here for fillers, man. Bernie and Warren just getting fillers together, having a great time, never had any issues. I got out of college, got fillers immediately. Uh, <laughs> Have not looked back. Got out of the birth canal, had some fillers. <laughs> Baby fat wasn't doing enough. You may think that you have completed this. That now you've found love. Yep. You've completed the 11-part survey. Like, do I get a kiss? But no. 
<laughs> now you are taken to another 11 pages with thousands upon thousands of words okay. about this man and what his deal is. It <laughs> opens with a 10-minute video of him sitting at a table talking about himself. And we're just going to click through real quick mm -hmm. because there's mm -hmm. a lot to say. Magical marriages. Oh, by the way, he's six feet tall and he wants to be taller than you, including when you wear heels. Uh, as somebody who was married to a woman say, several you, inches taller than me. Yeah, you have really doubled down on that. <laughs> Lame, bro. Now we're on to about me generally. Okay. I'm excited to, yeah, to it's, know it's about time, this guy. It's time to get to know him. So it is general about me. <laughs> After you've given them their mandatory 11-point quiz, and Which then you what? can go on your coffee date <laughs> like normal people do. Uh, hey, hey, this is pre-courtship. This is what pre-courtship looks like. Here's the thing, though. Uh, this man isn't looking for partner. He's looking for a Republican goddess. So you know what? The standards are higher. Okay, here we go. I am intensely sexual. My sexual journey in this lifetime has taken me into the core of my being as a man. Into the capital G God, capital P presence within me. This has been a profound, deeply spiritual journey. At times extremely painful. At others ecstatic. If we connect, I will be happy to tell you the story from there. Here, I will merely state the result. My sexual practice has evolved into a sacred, spiritual art, <laughs> the highest form of meditation and worship. I believe women have a greater capacity to receive pleasure than men do. God. No. While men no. have a greater capacity to deliver pleasure than women do. I love that even in this moment on his deep spiritual Incredible. journey, the thing that he got out of this was like sexism. My greatest pleasure is worshiping my goddess by giving her <laughs> prolonged, repeated, explosive, full body female experiences. Ladies, are you ready for a female experience? <laughs> female experiences sounds like the most desexualized possible uh, term for an orgasm, which is incredible for a man describing himself as a god of lovemaking. Also, I feel like most of the women I know would describe a female experience as uh, somebody grabbing their ass in a train. Yeah, dealing with sexism, <laughs> running for president. Making uh, 79 cents on the dollar. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot more female experiences we could be talking about, but no... <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, that all tracks because yeah. that would be your experience with this. And man. that is what he's going to so, give Zachary, you. <laughs> I just want to say, I'm sorry you couldn't find love, man. It was so close. You made it to question three. Thanks, that wasn't man. so bad. I'm disappointed, but yeah. uh, hopeful. Oh, by the way, he takes herbs that work better than Viagra and are entirely healthy. Just FYI. So if you, dear listener, <laughs> are out there looking for love and you think that you might, in fact, be mm -hmm. this man's, let's see if we can go through this, 24 to 74 year old uh was that the scale? I think it's 24 to 64. 24 to 64 year old. Uh, Donald Trump loving, believing in God, but not any specific mm -hmm. take on it. Mm -hmm. Trim waistline, yeah. wavy, but not curly hair. No. We didn't get to this, but you can't have ever had a psychiatrist, any mental health medication, or a therapy dog. Guy oh. on the hot anti-therapy dog take <laughs> that, that is in fact his hottest take and, here. and you want to engage in a divine resonant tantric partnership reach out at findmyrepublicangoddess.com all right let's talk about something else yeah let's get on to an even more disturbing topic let's talk about those democratic debates you know what i saw up there on that stage were heroes <laughs> i think what was i saw a hero yeah what was amazing <laughs> the man went to war hey He's filled out spreadsheets in battle zones. He was in <laughs> battle zones. God. 
Can you tell that I am not a military stock? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that. Places where men fight other men sometimes. He went to the gun space and he shot the laser pistols. So I watched something today, which mistake. was a mistake. Yeah, yeah I was about to say, I regretted it immediately. It's been really interesting, the sort of coverage afterwards. I don't want to spend a ton of time. I on do. I want to get into it. You want to get into it? I want to get into it. I got some shit to say. Like, what's your take then? On okay, the, so let's, the let's briefly stuff. set it up. Yeah. Warren's campaign came out and said, hey, Bernie was talking to Warren, and I think, was it late they 2019 had, had or 2018? They had dinner in 2018, two years ago. And he was saying, like, hey, a woman isn't going to be able to win the presidency. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The only relevant source for that was Warren herself. Yeah, was Liz. Bernie was like, no, I didn't say that. And then it just became a he said, she said. However, it was not reported as a he said, she said. No. Including in the debate when go to go ahead and go to it. Yeah, so it's dying down a little bit now, but this became for like four days. This insane screaming. Well, it's match dying down because it didn't work. However, the debate happened right as this was just like exploding. And it was on CNN, so you right. knew it was going to go poorly. Yeah, and we're going to get into that. So, but so CNN, they ask Bernie, "Hey, Bernie, did you say this to Elizabeth Warren? Did you say that women can't be president?" Bernie flatly denies it. Okay, no, you got to give it to me in Bernie voice. No, of course not. <laughs> CNN, the moderator, turns to Elizabeth Warren, says, when Bernie said this yeah. to you. How did you feel when he said that thing to you? And the crowd and Bernie laugh incredulously because it's just the, it's the classic thing. I'm just like, really? Are you fucking kidding yeah. me again? Well, they came at Bernie and they came at Bernie like poorly. And it's yeah. fine. People have been coming at Bernie this whole time. They ignored him until he was surging so far ahead of the yeah. polls that they couldn't ignore him. And then they gave... One week of coverage was like, hey, he might just take this thing. And then they literally started the destruction yeah. campaign. Bernie still had a good, I think Bernie still had a good debate. I mean, the exit polls yeah. consistently but showed like, that he won he, the yeah, debate. What he had, with Biden, his one notable moment was when he's talking about to Biden. He's like, well, you know, when Bush and Cheney came and pitched the rack war to us, I figured they were lying. Biden felt differently, which is just like, <laughs> damn, that is like a savage Bernie, bird. I mean, this is Bernie's whole life. Uh, and then one of the other things they tangled on, he and Liz, was like Liz in response to that sort of like, how did this make you feel? It was like, well, me and Amy are the only people who have won a bunch of elections in the last 30 years of being a Republican. And Bernie was like, in 1990, you know, or I beat a Republican incumbent. She's like, mm -hmm. when? He was like in 1990. She's like, well, that wasn't in the last 30 years. And Bernie was actually really gracious here because uh, Liz Warren couldn't have beaten a Republican in 1990. Do you know why, Michael? <laughs> because she was a Republican in 1990. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> and so they like really went after Bernie this whole time, uh, you know, and so there's been a lot of trending. CNN is trash. CNN is garbage. You know, they have Tom Steyer listed as just billionaire. Yeah, underneath that, was, that was actually name. pretty great. I yeah. love that. And, and, and for CNN, that's applauded. Yeah, that for CNN, like, that's like, give this man some airtime. I really expected billionaire comma job creator. <laughs> and so there was like a lot of sort of hand-wringing amongst leftists about how bad CNN was about this. But there's something beyond that. They weren't just incompetent. Are they incompetent? Of course. But I think there's something beyond that. You know, Wolf Blitzer, he moderated the debate. He, Wolf Blitzer, was a lobbyist for Israel at APAC. You know, yeah, uh, APAC sort of a nor notoriously very hawkish, like mm -hmm. uh, pro-Israel. Um, Takes a lot of Israeli money. Yeah, and and has been sort of responsible. If you're wondering, like, why does America love this one bastion yep. of like this one specific country in in the Middle East? Uh, APAC is a big part of that answer. Yeah, and then I think if you pull out even further, you've got CNN. 
Well, CNN is obviously funded through advertising. What? I know. Uh, and in the last few years, they've had advertisers like Wells Fargo, <laughs> Liberty Health, E-Trade. One of my favorites, Partnership for Prescription Assistance. <laughs> somehow, somehow, yep. I think that when you get get open the door behind partnership <laughs> for pre prescription assistance, it's actually just like one angry doctor shoving oxycotton in people's mouths. I'm pretty sure Joseph Mangala just started the partnership. Yeah, he, was just, he was just the guy that made it. Uh, Zurich Financial Services. Which oh just, God! I don't even fucking know what that is, but it's, it's not good. And Exxon Mobil. Oh, oh, get, well, you know, it's nice to have one good one. It's nice <laughs> well, to have one good one. It's nice to have a mix. fellow Clinton Foundation donor in the bunch. <laughs> That's what I, I like. So you have this network beholden to banks, big pharma, oil. Bernie America. hates all those things. <laughs> yeah. Bernie hates all of those things. Bernie is literally trying to take away all of their sources of power. Yeah, and I mean, and we, we don't just see this with CNN. No. We see this with the New York Times. We see this, of course, with the Washington Post owned by Jeff Bezos. Yes. Uh, you know, weird that they're not super on the Bernie train. <laughs> but, you know, this is the problem in a capitalist society yeah. with a for-profit news media. Like, they have no actual values that can't be exploited by capital because capital, by definition destroys value citations needed posted this out this week on twitter it was an amazing little quote it was just the new york times just explaining what their editorial board <laughs> is about it was literally just like what is an editorial board it's like hey it's just you know all the important people at the new york times coming together to defend democracy and capitalism oh no just so like, something i've talked about before but just sows those two together yep. just democracy capitalism inextricable till we all die because the seas are rising one of those moments you're like wow you just said it you just said it and i mean New York Times has just been saying a lot of things oh, recently. The New York Times has said some incredible things. Uh, but yeah, it was still pretty amazing when you just come out and make your point very clear like that. Uh, it's, you know, people said it before, it's one of the only good things about the late teens, early 20s. The masks are off, baby. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, here's the thing. Bernie killed it. He's going to keep oh, killing it, it because he's not going to get distracted by any of this. There was a national poll that had him at number one this week. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, let's do it. Let's move on to something lighter, like sexism in the ministry. <laughs> From fake sexism to real sexism, to, uh, real sexism. this is shitty Christians. <laughs> so, God, where to even start with this? So, what we have here is a showdown between two evangelical luminaries. Mm. On the one hand, mm. in, My people. In, in one corner. <laughs> I mean, these are actually our people. You have Beth Moore. <laughs> okay. Uh, Beth Moore best-selling author of women's Bible studies right. has been doing this for like 35 years, mm -hmm. uh, has reached 22 million people wow. with her work. Uh, if you are a woman <laughs> of any description that has been in any sort of evangelical <laughs> community, you or your mom, one of you has done a Beth Moore Bible study. Like she, she was literally impossible to miss throughout all of this specifically women though. And we'll get to that on the other corner. <laughs> we have John MacArthur. <laughs> John MacArthur, also a million-selling author, had a million-selling study Bible, oh, million-selling commentary sets, has had his name mm -hmm. in some form or fashion, whether mm -hmm. writing or editing, on 150 uh, different books over the course of his career. He is the Chancellor Emeritus at a, both a college and a seminary in, in around Los Angeles, uh, and he pastors an 8,000-person megachurch to this day. Sounds like he's past his prime. <laughs> so, yeah. So what happened is John MacArthur was at a conference. The conference, for the record, honoring John MacArthur for his 50 okay. years of ministry. We're going to say a lot of shit about John MacArthur because he's a trash bag. 
That's pretty pimp. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen. Like, going to a conference about yourself. Yeah, about how awesome you are. A biblical conference about how awesome you are. Is it? <laughs> Would it be We're like... here to honor not God, <laughs> not the son of God, but this man over here. This dude who once put his signature on a Bible that I was given. Oh, man. That's right. He signed yeah. the John MacArthur no, Study I Bible. I had a copy of the NKJV. With a gold John MacArthur you would, on the side. You would be an NKJV son of a bitch, wouldn't you? Oh, oh, you love the poetry. You know what? We need clarity in our scripture. <laughs> We're getting off topic. Uh, apologies to every single person that didn't have our exact upbringing for not understanding. We don't any have of any that. friends like that. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so, John MacArthur was at a John MacArthur conference for John MacArthur. He was doing what people do at conferences about themselves. He was playing a fun game. Oh, it was a, it was a super cute okay, game. Cool, uh, this was a word association game. Oh, cool. I love Where somebody word says games. two words and then you respond in two words. Cool. And so somebody asked John MacArthur, Beth Moore. To which he okay. responded, go home. Oh. Not. No. Nope. Nope. Great. Uh, he followed up just in case you were like, hey, maybe this is a misunderstanding. This is not a situation where we're at a party yeah. that John MacArthur is hosting. Beth Moore is there staying a little yeah, late. Yeah, yeah, A little you know, sauce. It's a li not that, you know, everybody she else She keeps is wanting going to play home. charades. Nobody she else is into it. And John MacArthur's like, hey, Beth. Yeah. For the That's record, the I guarantee you at this moment, Beth Moore was at home in some PJs drinking a nice Chianti and like writing her next book. Like I guarantee you that's where Beth Moore was at. Uh, so he said, go home. He followed up in case you were wondering if this was actually sexist. He followed up saying, 1 Corinthians 14, 34 shouldn't be hard to understand. You don't say anything. Women need to get themselves under control and realize they are not to speak in church. As a married man, let me tell you, women love it when you tell them to get themselves <laughs> under control. Okay, so <laughs> our current society is women out of control? Yeah. I'm going to get into that more, but it's like, uh, I must have missed that. Yeah. When the when a woman did the Vegas shooting, that is when I too felt women needed yeah, to get and under all, control. And all the other shootings. Uh, okay. okay, so <laughs> you might be wondering, why is John MacArthur so angry? <laughs> People have been wondering that for 50 years. Yes. Yeah. His wife and children wondered it probably for a lot of other <laughs> yeah, years. I know. So this goes back to an idea called uh, complementarianism. And it's sort of a, a twofold okay. concept. It's the idea that women have specific roles and mm -hmm. men have specific roles and they are separate but equal. Always a good sign <laughs> when white people insist very loudly yeah. about separate things being separate but the same. Uh, also super funny how they're separate but equal, but also in this ideology, this theology, women can't be pastors or in positions of power, whether it's in the home or the church. You know, that kind of tends to follow the separate but equal uh, philosophy. <laughs> Historically, you yeah. know what? Uh, we should, we should change the name. Uh, we, should, we should change the name to Jim Crowism. Oh, John Crowism. No, no, no. Oh, John Crowism. I was going to say Jane Crowism. But both are really good. John MacArthur, would you believe it? Huge believer in complementarianism. <laughs> Beth Moore, as it turns out, also a believer in complementarianism. Okay, that blows my mind. I love that we are going to be the people to the left of Beth Moore here. <laughs> yes. Not a believer. You or I in complementarianism. We believe in the very basic egalitarianism. People are the same regardless of their People gender. are equal and have full access to all of God's uh, experience and creation because yep. that's what God did. Yeah. So, hilariously... Beth Moore to the right of us on this issue. Yeah. Getting 
uh, a ton of crap. Yeah. And her great crime okay. was two things. One, she got a little upset at Donald Trump. How dare she? <laughs> I tell you. I said. And this specifically <laughs> came up after the Access Hollywood tapes uh, got released. Yes. We don't have to get on to that. Yeah. Every, everybody knows what that means. We don't even need to get into it. Yeah. Access Hollywood tapes, Trump, sexual predator. Done. So, Moore reads this, and she's like, horrified. Yeah. Shocking. Like, she has a human response. Yeah. She is both a woman and also a person with a soul. Uh, (laughs) So she has the reasonable reaction. Neither problem John MacArthur Uh, has. I wouldn't bring this up except that she talks about it in her ministry, but she is also herself a victim of sexual abuse and has Mm -hmm. talked about it from the pulpit. Uh, So this is something that obviously strikes very close to home. And she was disturbed not just by the president's boorish behavior, unforgivably unpresidential behavior, but also by the way that she kept seeing evangelical leaders, specifically Mm -hmm. in her denomination, the Southern Baptist Convention, which is the largest evangelical denomination in America. Right. uh, And has traditionally been very heavy on complementarianism, uh, hugely for Trump in this past election. And so she saw a bunch of Southern Baptist leaders lining up behind Trump, using Republican talking points, calling it locker room talk. And she was upset. And so she hopped on Twitter the next day and she wrote one tweet. I think a couple, but wake up sleepers to what women have dealt with all along in environments of gross entitlement and power. Are we sickened? Yes. Are we surprised? No. Damn. Well Which said. is to say, well said. she was literally just like, so this is the female experience ever. Yep. And mm-hmm. this is a woman that has spent her life ministering to women. This is a woman who has mm-hmm. heard the stories of countless women, both in and outside of the faith. This is a woman who has experienced these things herself. So she very simply said, hey, this is everywhere. And she was saying this for the record in 2015 before the Houston Chronicle things outed right. the incredibly wide and systemic sexual abuse in the Southern Baptist Convention. Which I'm sure she knew about. Uh, so she pointed this out. She said that she herself had been misused, stared down, heckled, and talked naughty to. At one point in another uh, talk that she was giving, she specifically mentions a prominent male theologian that looked her up and down when they met and said, you're prettier than that other Bible lady. Oh. Yeah. 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 That's not, that's not a salacious yeah. That's a uh, yeah. So she puts that out and she says uh, she was trying to understand how some Christian leaders don't seem to think that this is a big deal. So one, she's stirring the pot. Yeah. This is a woman who has built a very vast and profitable and meaningful career. Yeah, no, has done a lot women, of good work. Has done a ton of good work. But let's say she's done a ton of good work in a specific yes. confine mm-hmm. of the role of a woman that a mm-hmm. huge section, certainly not all, but a huge section of the Southern Baptist Convention believes in. Right. She ministered to women. She was not allowed to minister to men. Uh, but she did a lot of great ministry to women. She starts pushing on these boundaries. Now she's telling men, mm-hmm. hey, Here's what you need to be aware of. Yeah. She's speaking to men in this. I mean, she's speaking to everyone, but yeah. she's not just speaking to women no. anymore. And she continues to speak up about issues of sexual abuse, mm-hmm. about her own experiences as, in many ways, the most prominent female theologian in the SBC. Uh, and then... Brave shit. I'm yeah. just going to say it. Super brave, badass shit. Fucking baller. Yeah, if there's any... Yeah, like, I, I certainly hope that anyone that's been listening yeah, to this podcast, yeah. <laughs> even just this episode, knows we are team more all the oh, fucking way. Yeah, We're yeah. wearing t-shirts right now. We have blonde southern wigs on. <laughs> we are sipping sweet tea, even though I am pre-diabetic. There's one thing that's amazing about Beth Moore. It's that she... One, she is... More gracious and loving than any of these other people. And that is not the standard. If you're dealing with this shit, I am not saying, oh, you need to encounter it with graciousness. I'm just impressed that she does. I'm not putting that on any other person. You you don't have to act that way. She is 
also so fucking funny. Yeah. There are some amazing responses. She's the only to this. person with a sense of humor about herself, maybe in Christendom. Beth Moore did one more thing. Okay. You ready for it? Oh, I'm excited. You ready for it? She preached on Mother's Day in a church. Period. <laughs> So is the story End of sentence. Is the story over? I was waiting <laughs> yeah. for the thing. You would think that something else would have to happen. Uh, like then she like had a late term abortion <laughs> on the stage or good something actually good like traumatic. I, I'm with her. <laughs> like, yeah, good honor still. But no, she preached a Mother's Day thing and she made a tweet about it where she was talking to another female teacher mm -hmm. who said, Oh yeah, I'm doing the Mother's Day service. And she said, I'm doing I'm doing the one in my church too, Vicky. Shh, let's not tell anyone about this. Which again, uh, again funny. So funny. Funny. So funny. So good. People lost their damn <laughs> minds. A woman is teaching on a Sunday. She's teaching in front of both men and women. Mm -hmm. uh, the pulpit is often even as these rules have been relaxed in certain sure. segments of Southern Baptists, the Sunday pulpit has widely been considered heavy quotation marks here sacred. So this was a woman stepping up to the role that complementarianism. It's, it's it's to put not too fine a point on it, not a pulpit, a cockpit. <laughs> on that's very good. These are Beth Moore's crimes, to which John MacArthur responds, go home, and that women shouldn't talk in church, and they need to get themselves under control. He has more to say. We'll get into that. It's a two-word game, John. But Abide yeah, by the rules. Yeah. <laughs> John MacArthur lost his own game. <laughs> uh, so... Let's talk a little bit about the verse he quoted. We actually don't do a lot of this on Shitty Christians, no. but let's read some scripture. 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35. We're starting with a doozy. Women should remain silent in the church. Mm. <sighs> I'm going to finish reading this. This is not fun for me. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home, for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Okay, so I, I, I didn't love uh, that. I didn't love that experience. There are plenty of passages in Scripture that I struggle with that makes me mm -hmm. uncomfortable, that challenge my understanding of God and myself. Sure. Uh, this just feels icky. Yeah, so interesting thing about this passage okay. that John MacArthur is quoting when he is telling a prominent woman in ministry to shut up and go home. Probably not a part of the original manuscript. Whoo, everybody at home <laughs> yeah, yeah. who's holding their oh, breath yeah. right now. The two people that actually care. <laughs> Unclenched assholes. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. This comes from David Rogers. He wrote a blog on truthortradition.com, mm -hmm. and he studies biblical manuscripts. And so one of the interesting things about biblical manuscripts to exactly us, but guess what? You're listening so far, so you get to deal with it. Most of scripture was written in a way that we is, is much more commonly associated with poetry now. Mm -hmm. It has structure, rhyme, internal rhythms. Sure. Uh, there are a lot of things that are not visible to us in an English translation, but are easily apparent and present for people that study the original language. These two verses particularly break the grammatical flow and the rhyme scheme of this passage. Oh, interesting. You remove them, the passage actually makes a lot more sense. Mm -hmm. And that breakup and that, oh, and they don't appear consistently across manuscripts. So all of these issues are Double very damn. consistent with other contested passages of scripture, mm -hmm. some of which are in our current Bible and some of which are not. But these are the kind of things that people look for when they say, like, uh, maybe this got added later because these are documents that have been put together over hundreds of years. And I'm going to add one more thing, one really good indicator that David brings up, but I think it's the most important. When you're looking at something and it feels a little off, mm -hmm. ask yourself, does this reinforce the culture that existed at the time? Or does this reinforce 
the character of God as we see throughout the rest of scripture? And if the answer is, this feels like the culture that existed around them at the time, I think that's a pretty good indicator. Because it's easy for us as modern interpreters, and I am not trying to deny all of these claims or say that there are not difficult things in scriptures, but it is easy for us to look back and say, oh, this is a sexist, racist document, this is pro-slavery, sure. this is blah blah this is anti-gay. There are lots mm -hmm. of issues we can delve into there. But for the time, and in context, the Bible is often incredibly radical in its understanding of power, sure. in its understanding of wealth, in its understanding of the role of women. Like, this is a document very, that very much exists in counterculture to the culture that it existed especially in. Especially if you look at the person of Jesus. Yeah, obviously, most in Jesus. Like, a man that was supposed to be a conquering king came as a lamb. I'm just saying, if you see a thing that's added and it's gross and it feels like exactly mm -hmm. what somebody would want to change the Bible to <laughs> it, say. It feels like John MacArthur like put John MacArthur. it personally there. Because I don't know how He put he his is. name on the Bible. He may have he added is. these verses. <laughs> I don't know Quantinia Greek. It could happen. Yeah. And I'm, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not going to learn. Uh, yeah. The, the, the Gospel of John MacArthur. So you might think that this is over. John MacArthur tells Beth Moore to go home. He quotes a verse that is probably not in the original manuscripts, particularly among scholars who do not hold to the doctrine of inerrancy, which is the idea mm. that the Bible is perfect and everything about it is perfect and shut the fuck up if you don't think it's perfect. Mm -hmm. And he had some more things to say. And honestly, there are so many awful things to say that I'm going to skip some of them. So just take all the terrible things I share with you, roughly double or triple it, multiply it across 50 years of ministry. That's John MacArthur. Okay. But let's start with this. Okay. Uh, trigger warning? <laughs> I mean, this, this whole podcast should have a content warning. Yeah. Socialism, sexism, assholes, Bernie Sanders. Uh, when women take over a culture, men become weak. Oh. Off to a just fucking great start. Oh, cool. When men become weak, they can be conquered. When all the men have been slaughtered, you women can sit there with all your jewelry and junk. You have been conquered uh. because you overpowered your protectors. First of all, yeah. if the men get conquered, the women don't get conquered. They've won. Yeah, they conquered the That's men. Awesome. They're fucking winners. Good for them. Also, they didn't conquer it with jewelry and junk. These, these women clearly have some like badass shit going on. Also, if they want jewelry, good on them. Yeah, just his critique of women here, I mean, it's so insane you can't completely. It's, just, it, but. And this is why we shouldn't go through all of this because it's so Mostly women be shopping. It's women be shopping and also women be bringing down the patriarchy, which we're for. Yeah, that sounds great For John me. MacArthur is horrible. Briefly, what I love is that like he is kind of taking this out of the culture, which we're about to get to, or about outside, outside the church. What he's doing is he is taking what is already a doctrine we disagree with that yes. says like women in the very specific milieu of church mm -hmm. should not teach men. We don't agree with that doctrine. Specifically, complementarianism also applies to the home, where I okay, think it's a lot true. more I'm problematic. Sorry, yeah, yeah. But even in this doctrine, men would only be in charge of their wife. And yeah. women are not generally it's not speaking. all men over all women. It's husbands and wives, which is still not okay. No. Need to make no, it clear. Not, cool not supporting this. Not, not okay. But <laughs> he is expanding He's it. saying that like all men nationwide are in charge of all women in all contexts. And specifically, if any women become in charge, that's what's destroying our culture. Remind me, who is our president again? You know, Hillary. <laughs> it's so weird. It's really I, destroying I this country. You can't argue with him about that. I didn't know that AOC got elected. 
who is their who is their boogeyman come on man i'm Uh, just i'm envisioning that yeah it would would be pretty great no it is staggering that in a world so completely defined by male greed and incompetence that this man is saying that the problem in our culture these days is that women are in positions of power and he's going to go on a little bit more about that let me tell you something if the children are in charge we're in trouble if the women are in charge we're in trouble And if you look carefully at our nation, you would have to agree that it's the childish, young, inexperienced, ignorant women who are ascending into power. When you overthrow the divine order, the results are always disastrous. And again, it's not anti-woman any more than it's anti-children. But it is a divine judgment on a nation that it's young and it's women are in power. Just for the record, my mouth has never felt ickier. God. I have said so many things that I regret in my life. That was maybe the worst one. There's two things in this particular quote that I want to talk about. Please. First of all, I'm going to talk about the children thing because I think it would be easy to forget that because of all the rapacious sex. Yeah, because in there. there's so much other it's terrible so stuff. Evil. It's almost hard to encounter. You probably all of it at passed once. out in the middle of that. <laughs> Good on you. Hope it was in yeah. a soft place. We're sorry. Yeah. Like, if you're listening to this in the tub, it's a problem. <laughs> yeah. It was so awful. But there's, a, I think there is a real issue when you have. You think? <laughs> there's a real issue when you have communities. He's basically saying women or children are the same. Women women are children and children children. don't matter. And and so therefore women don't matter. And I don't think it's a coincidence that you have endemic in this group of evangelicals and they have a problem with abuse of children because of the power differentials. And I don't think it's a coincidence when you say that like this other thing that is less than human, I can Mm -hmm. have sex with. Well, and children are also less than human. I can also have sex with them. I don't think it's a coincidence that you run into these problems in religious communities, the Catholics too, where there's a lot of literal hierarchy, where hierarchy is built into it. I don't think it's a coincidence that hierarchy and power is something you already have built into sexual relationships with adults that is going to slip further into inappropriate relationships with children. I don't think it's a coincidence. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, look at Harvey Weinstein. This is a big leap, but stay with me. A man that had a ton of power and Mm -hmm. used it to exploit women. Now take Harvey Weinstein's specific material conditions and extract that into a theology that applies to all men everywhere, that all men have this role of power and headship and that they need to be in charge of their family and be the breadwinners, which also means the money controllers, which also means the people that make the decisions. And as people that grew up in a culture that largely believed in complementarianism, there are plenty of people that are trying to soften this doctrine, that are trying to turn it into something that is about love and loving somebody Mm -hmm. radically. And it's about roles for love rather than hierarchy. But this is fundamentally a hierarchical doctrine. And also it's not, I think, a biblical one. There's a second point. Yes, please. Uh, He talks about divine order. Talks a lot about divine order. And I think divine order is the even bigger point somehow than saying complementarianism leads to pedophilia. (laughs) Which for the record, that's a take. It's a take. But you know what's not a take? You know what has been backed up by certain scientific studies? Complementarianism correlates with abuse. That, that is something that, that has been studied and consistently mm-hmm. found across multiple studies. Yeah. And it, you know, for reasons that I think we just covered. Yeah. Continue. So, divine order. He talks about divine order. And what he is essentially doing is extrapolating a very old medieval idea. In the Middle mm-hmm. Ages, we're going to do a little bit of history here. I'm very sorry. In the Middle Ages, there was an idea called the divine right of kings. And this idea <laughs> went all the way down from the king to the lowest peasant and that God 
had ordained the world the way it was. That the king could do no wrong because he was put there by God. Mm -hmm. And they extrapolate a lot of shit from the New Testament that's not really there, from things like render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, blah, blah, blah. And basically say the king is there. Everything he does is ordained by God. And this goes down all the way through the culture from the king, the dukes, to the merchants, to the man in his home with his wife. And that's what John MacArthur is doing. And he's saying no children. He is saying that like God has ordained it to where men are in charge and women are less than. And that is the way things are. This is also probably going to bleed somewhat into his politics because this is just a oh, higher. It would have to. In in it, you we talked about this a little bit, but like it flirts with fascism because fascism is in many ways based around a lot of things that hierarchy are very specific. But hierarchy is one of the most fundamental ideas in every form of fascism and yeah. right-wing politics. Even outside of specific oracle, of historical course. context, what we see is that power and hierarchy. But you look at this, it's, it correlates to fascism very specifically, not just hierarchy, but a return to a mythical past where women were not doing these things. That's what he talks about when he says women and the young have power now. These, that's this desire yeah. to return. Before when it was better. Exactly. Uh, which, for the record, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, but make America great again. Oh, yeah. It's the perfect fascist slogan. Uh, so we wanted to reach out a little bit. Because we are both idiots and men, and because we are, in fact, shitty Christians, we decided to reach out to one of our less shitty Christians. Yes. Our, our actual one smart friend. She's a, a good Christian. Uh, okay. she's, she's a better Christian than us. She no. is Christian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, Maddie is a good friend of ours. She is a staff member at our church. Mm -hmm. And we, I asked her her thoughts on sort of what does she think about complementarianism? Because, of course, we are both egalitarian, uh, but I hadn't necessarily encountered all of these things. And, and to her credit, like, she had a lot to say. So I'm just going to read some of what she had to offer. She goes, one is an opening statement. I deeply believe complementarianism is the byproduct of outdated understandings of both biology and scripture, and that is, it is perpetuated only by those who consciously or subconsciously have a vested interest in or benefit from the prescribed power dynamics that result from those understandings. Which is to say, well, damn. she is speaking our language. As socialists, we are always down to talk about power. I think she said an important thing, which is that it can be conscious or unconscious. Yeah. In John MacArthur's case, it is clearly conscious. But I think there are a lot of people that are not necessarily as totally. aware of that. Because when your whole society is set up this way, why would you have to be? So she says, I do believe in a form of complementarianism, which is that... God's church needs all of the diversity that it can mm. it can have the meek or the strong needing the meek the powerful needing the powerless and that in order to participate in the fullness of the kingdom of God we all have to be participating in that it's complementarian that's genuinely beautiful uh, the church is a complementarian uh thing but what that does not mean is separate roles or that yeah. those roles are in any ways associated with gender and as our understanding of both gender and sex have uh you know become uh, more complicated and also more true in many yeah. ways, or at least certainly greater understanding. I'm sure in another 50 years we might have more, but undoubtedly better than it was that these things, uh, you know, it's good to have that variety. And she says, like, in a gendered and uh, society, we ne clearly need both of those genders, right. both of totally. those main genders. Um, but that has nothing to do with the roles that those people uh, end up in. And the only people that are saying that are the people that benefit from that power structure. Which kind of goes back to 1 Corinthians 14.35. What does that verse do? <laughs> it upholds the existing power yes. structure. Uh, so thank you, Maddie, for talking about that. Yep. Maddie also had a suggestion. She doesn't want to throw Paul out of the Bible, <laughs> but she does want evangelicals to take a 50-year break Ooh. to just sort of reset 
because a lot of this stuff comes out of Paul and yeah. she is of the mind that it mostly comes out of bad interpretations of Paul. But you know, we just need a little time. Paul, I like it. take a lap, buddy. I like it. He'll still be there when we get back. Probably. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So anyways, I, I appreciated that perspective from mm-hmm. a woman serving yes. in ministry uh, who is a lot smarter than we are oh, and yes. felt it would be good to get that. Uh, let's talk a little bit though, because John MacArthur is so concerned about women in power. Let's talk about John MacArthur's experience being in power. Uh, I assume it will be just uniform excellence. <laughs> It'll be decades non-stop of killing. It. Because how could you say this unless you were good at being in charge? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be hypocritical. <laughs> so John MacArthur, as we mentioned, uh, he is the now Chancellor Emeritus, recently president of both the Masters University and Seminary in Southern Those California. Those titles are very different in practice, I bet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, as it turns out, his university is having a little trouble with their accreditation. Huh. Wouldn't you know it, that trouble basically boils down to the fact that he runs the thing like a dictatorship. Wouldn't you know it? So this came from the organization that went and investigated them. Bringing fascism back home, too. <laughs> <laughs> Masters University was placed on probation in 2018 after a visit in March where the commission reported that there were conflicts of interest regarding student financial aid, staff who were in positions they were not qualified for, and a climate of fear, intimidation, bullying, and uncertainty among faculty members. They were all being bullied. So the the organization that controls accreditation said, hey, you need to make some changes. You need to get this guy out of the presidency. And the university agreed. They said, hey, we're going to move him out. He's not going to be in charge anymore. We're going to create more structures. So they returned. And they said, okay, the school has made some changes. One of the changes that hadn't happened is moving John MacArthur from president to chancellor. It's a different office. Yeah. You know, they would have had to like print new letterhead. Exactly. He would have had to get a new little nameplate mm-hmm. for his uh mm-hmm. for his desk. And who wants that? I think he put that in, but yeah, it's just been a, the work order is, you know, it, it takes a while with those things. Exactly. So they literally said, like, um, no, this isn't good enough. <laughs> this we we see some minor changes. But we're worried that it's not enough, mm-hmm. and there isn't any sort of independent power structure outside of this guy. He keeps right. running it this way. So they're still, in 2020, My God. under probation and are still in danger of losing their accreditation. John MacArthur, by the way, fake news this whole thing. Went in front of the student body, told them it was all a lie. Super special <laughs> stuff. Uh, one other, slightly less funny thing that okay. happened at the Masters University is that they were fined for non-compliance with the Clary Act. Okay. For those of you that don't know, the Clary Act concerns mandatory reporting on university campuses for sexual abuse and assault. All schools are mandatory reporters. Yep. At a school the size of the Masters University, they would expect around 39 cases to be reported each year. Mm-hmm. For two years running, the Masters University reported zero. Oh, that seems optimistic yeah there you go yeah it 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 betrays a certain sort of ideological concern not unlike there being no gays in iran yeah not unlike Ahmadinejad's full belief that there has never been a homosexual person in iran existing in defiance of facts one uh this doesn't happen. No, that's, it's impossible. It's impossible. Two, the only way you get a number like that is through a series of, you know, denials, intimidation, yep. mm-hmm. uh, not reporting things. Like, yes. this. the only way you get a number that is zero in this case involves a lot of pain and suffering happening for the people that are actually the victims of this. Yes. And then 
One of the things they found, they had no space on campus for people to report sexual assault to begin with. Well, that might be how you get a number like zero. Certainly one way. So it is just a really, really gross situation. You know, I would yeah, love really to sick. have one pod where we don't have to talk about the covering up of sexual abuse in evangelical institutions. Please, good Lord above, <laughs> literal God in Jesus, just give me that one time. It's, uh, it's upsetting. And it's upsetting that this man, who is clearly running this thing like a dictatorship and ignoring people who are being hurt at it, uh, is then the guy that gets up and tries to tell the woman to sit down and shut up. Uh, They're related. So, as we promised, we wanted to end on Beth Moore. Beth Moore responding, saying, to John MacArthur, saying, here's the beautiful thing about this. And I mean this with absolute respect. Undeserved. <laughs> frankly, incorrect. But <laughs> I disagree. I respect where she's coming from. disagree with you, Beth Moore. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to let me serve you. That gets to be your choice. Whether or not I serve Jesus is not up to you. Whether I serve you certainly is. One way or another, I esteem you as my sibling in Christ. This is not the standard for people that have been talked down to, women Certainly that have been not. talked to about, down by men in positions of power. I am not ever denying a woman the right to be angry or to oh, speak in anger. Uh, we are not making this the standard. What this does speak to is a woman who has spent her lifetime interacting with God and serving women, speaking with maturity. She doesn't have to be angry because she already has the right answer. Mm. And I'm sure she was. Yeah. I'm sure oh, she I, was. I have no doubt. But like, holy crap, what a well-crafted response. Um, something that speaks with grace Mm -hmm. when encountered with hate, not unlike a certain Jesus Christ. Beth Moore speaking to other pastors uh, who were concerned about her preaching on a Sunday. She said, guys, pastors and elders who have invited women to address their congregation does not mean that the women coming by invitation, mind you, want to pastor their church. Troubled brothers, try to relax. I do not foresee a female takeover on the horizon. Have some herbal tea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's just boss it's just boss i think it's important to take sexism seriously but i think it's oh. even cooler after we've been yelling at it for 45 minutes beth moore does it with a tweet no beth moore gets out there and she says drink some herbal tea oh, calm down such a good br- again beth moore the the smartest person in this room yep and the funniest every time. Brief shout out at the end of this, and then we're going to get out of here. J.D. Greer, president of the Southern Baptist Association. Yes. A guy who encompasses in some ways, I think, good change that we'd like to see, and in many ways, an insufficient amount of that change. Basically, the Obama of Southern Baptist Convention. (laughs) Current president of the Southern Baptist Convention tweeted out, Beth Moore, you're welcome in our home anytime. And I'd just like to point out, it's not really the issue now, is it, J.D. Greer? Okay, shut the fuck up, yeah, J.D. Greer. Just... It would have been better if you to say nothing. Uh, like... He did say nothing. That's a yeah. nothing statement. I actually think it's worse than nothing. Yeah. He didn't say you're welcome in my church. He didn't say you can come speak. He, he didn't said take can... a stand. He said you can come and my wife will cook you fucking dinner. Yeah, like, shut <laughs> yeah, the fuck up. You know what? Shut the fuck up, J.D. Greer. That's not helpful. And you know what he also didn't do? He didn't say anything to John MacArthur. J.D. Greer, sit down. You have nothing to actually add or say. You know what, J.D. Greer? Go home. Okay, so we're trying a new thing. This this is our devotional time. This is this is our take home. These are the things that we have been studying in our life. This is just for a chance for us to talk about something that has been feeding us, whether that's spiritually, literally, or artistically this week. Zachary, what's been on your mind, baby? I've been really enjoying the HBO series Los Spookies. Nice. That is Spanish. For all of you God. out there who don't know, uh, it is like this really strange, whimsical, charming comedy uh, that follows 
five friends in what is probably Mexico City, but they never mention it, who run a horror group. Nice. If you're wondering, what does that mean? They go around and have adventures. They create little spooks. They like go to a seaside town and fake a sea monster. And, but it's all extremely cute and warm and very strange. Fred Armisen is in it. He plays a valet. And that is his calling. And it's good it's to have like, a calling. It's sort We're of, socialists. We want everyone to be able to fulfill their calling. Uh, in 2021, Bernie will pay all valets $200,000 a year. But it is this like very warm, weird, strange See, I, I, show. I like a warm television show. It I, has uh, that kind of Michael Shore charm. But it also is just insanely out there. Very dry. And... It's in Spanish and English, and that's kind of fun. When they're speaking in Spanish or in English, and when they speak in English, their subtitles are in Spanish. I am super here for Fred Armisen all the time. Oh, yeah. He is one of the I, I know like sometimes his vibe can be off putting for sure. people, but he's one of the few people in life that really speaks to like some of my musical fascinations mm-hmm. as well as my like comedy fascinations. I just think he's a really charming dude and he also oh, yeah. has used his platform to make a lot of things happen for other people. Right. And so like this show is he plays kind of a small role, but he godfathered into existence. Yeah. I just it, he he's seems really like really funny on like, it. He has like two minutes an episode and those are a killer too. I love that. So I'm going to talk about the thing that has been the most helpful to the material conditions of my butt this week. <laughs> Michael, this is a family podcast. So I managed to injure my tailbone not insignificantly. And it has been super, super unhappy. And it has caused me a shocking amount of pain. So this is just a real quick shout out to Arnica Gel, uh, which is something that I had never interacted with, but my wife gave to me. I told Uh, you about advertising on this podcast. (laughs) We're sponsored by Arnica. Put it on your butt. Uh, (laughs) It is the one like topical analgesic thing that has been able to sort of help dull the like shrieking pain. I work in a job where I have to do a fair amount of sitting. And man, let me just tell you, do not hurt your tailbone. It's really awful. I'm going to whine about it for a really long time. Let's get out of here. My name is Michael Tabor. You can follow me at Michael Tabor on Twitter. My name is Zachary Allard. You can follow me at Zachary underscore Allard. And this has been Shitty Christians. And you can follow us at Shitty underscore pod. So real quick before we get out of here, let me just say thank you so much. Uh, We've been promoting this for a couple weeks. And we've gotten so many nice comments from friends and family and strangers in random places listening. And it's just... It's been really sweet. I appreciate all of the people that have taken the time to reach out to us. It's been a great way to catch up with people. Please keep lying to me. Yeah, that's, that's a, I, I, we love it. Great. But also just thank you. Thank you yeah. for listening. Uh, thank if you for you listening. If you care about me enough to lie to me, that mean, that's it, how I it, mean. it means the world to Zachary. It's the closest <laughs> he's ever come to love. If there's two things I could leave you with this week, it's uh, dismantle capitalism from the ground up and rate and review us on iTunes. Thank you so much. This has been Shitty Christians.